the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Until Jesus Christ, there is no record anywhere in antiquity of people understanding God is love. What an interesting thought. Were you aware of that? Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. What Jesus brought into this world was a radical, entirely new idea that God loves with an extraordinary love. And the Bible is replete with examples of that love, not without its qualifications, but certainly there. Welcome to another edition, the Thursday edition of our broadcast, a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with the teaching of Senior Pastor Leighton Sheely and I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us. We're a nonprofit outreach. We're supported in part by the church and in great measure by folks just like yourself who appreciate this teaching and want to come alongside and be a part of this outreach. You can find out more about us on the web at highlands.us and give safely when you go to the website. Again, that's highlands.us. And with today's short study, here's Pastor Layton. Now, how do we know that God loves us? Well, we know because God sent Jesus so that he might die for us. Romans 5, 8 says, For God demonstrates His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates His love. Christ died for us. Paul wrote, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword... As it is written, for your sake, we're being killed all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. And it's in the thought of this incredible love that God has for us that Jesus declares in verse 24, Father, I desire also that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory and that you've given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Now, did you hear what Jesus said? He said, I desire that they may be with me where I am. That he wants to be with us. That he wants to be with you. Now that may seem remarkable to some people because they would say, I don't even want to be with me. But Jesus wants to be with you in heaven where we can experience and see him in his glory. 
Now, many of us would think ourselves fortunate if someone like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett called and invited us to come and see all the things that they had built or made, fly us around in their private Learjets, staying at the most luxurious hotels or palaces, inviting us to be their friend, in fact, sharing everything with us. Hey, you need the Learjet? It's yours. Anything and everything I have is yours. Would that not be cool? I don't think cool's in the theological, you know, dictionary, but... But get this, our invitation comes from the creator God of the universe. And he says, I want to share with you everything I have created. And you're not only my chosen friend, you are part of the family. You have been adopted and anything and everything I have is yours. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, isn't that super cool? Now, I want you to note this. That this is the last of Jesus' petition, prayers to the Father, just before his crucifixion. That the last thing that he asks for is that we might be with him where he is. As Pastor Ron reminded us a few weeks ago, we need to keep our focus on heaven. Dr. MacArthur wrote, when the church loses its focus on heaven, it becomes self-indulgent and self-centered materialistic and worldly, spiritually weak and lethargic. The pleasures and comforts of this present world consume too much of its time and energy. Believers forget that this world is not their true home, that they are aliens and strangers here, that their citizenship is in heaven, and that here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. The church is increasingly in danger, not of being so heavenly-minded that it's no earthly good, but rather of being so earthly-minded that it's no heavenly good. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The Apostle John wrote, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and what he does, what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Believers should be continuously looking up because everything that is important for all eternity is up. Our inheritance, our treasure that can never be taken away, our citizenship, our home, our loved ones, our brothers and sisters, our heavenly Father, Jesus our Savior and the lover of our souls, everything of eternal importance and value will be there. And that's why we need to keep our focus there. We need to be talking about heaven all the time. We need to be reminding each other, encouraging each other. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. In verse 24, Jesus said, You love me before the foundation of the world. Another reference to his preexistence and also the greatness of the love between father and son. Remember how the Apostle John begins this gospel? He he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Jesus was God, 
with God in the beginning. And that word with uh, referred to a, a face-to-face kind of a relationship that Jesus and God, God the Father have had from eternity past. And on that basis, Jesus said in verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. Jesus knew God the Father from that time together, if you can call it that, in eternity past, where he was face-to-face in relationship with the Father. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So these last two verses are something of a reflection uh, they don't contain a specific petition. Um, he's, Jesus here is making statements about what he has done and his purpose in doing it. Now, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God, both speak of God as righteous, and that's because everything he does is right. In fact, he himself is the standard of what is right. And uh, that's seen primarily in the punishment of evil men and the saving of the innocent. And it's significant that immediately after addressing God as righteous, Jesus then proceeds to distinguish between the world and his followers. And it's because God is righteous that he treats either group as he does. And Jesus points out that the world has not known God. And, and there's a number of ways in which they've never known God, but one of, the, one of the ways is, is that at that time, at the time of Christ, uh, no Greek, no Roman, no Egyptian, no Babylonian had ever thought of God's nature as being essentially characterized by love. It's just not there. At best, God could be thought of as being impartial, and if one chose to be particularly optimistic, then one would think of God as being reciprocal, that if I do something good for him, he'll do something good for me. But it was not until Jesus Christ that the true nature of God was revealed as being filled with benevolent, unmerited love, that God is love. Until Jesus Christ There is no record anywhere in antiquity of people understanding God is love. What Jesus brought into this world was a radical, entirely new idea that God loves with an extraordinary love. And so Jesus here ends his final teaching and prayer with the theme of love because it is the central theme of salvation, and salvation is the central theme of the Word of God. Jesus said, I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. And he said this only hours away from the cross. And so what he was saying is, after the cross, I am going to continue to make your name known. And so concludes Jesus' great intercessory, high priestly prayer for his disciples and for us, preparing them for what would lie ahead, what lay ahead, and preparing us. Marcus Rainsford, one of the most comprehensive commentators, scholars on this chapter, has written, 
The Lord does not ask riches for them or honors or worldly influence or great preferments. That means promotions to high worldly offices. But he does most earnestly pray that they may be kept from evil, separated from the world, qualified for duty, and brought home safely to heaven. Jesus' prayer for us. Well, if you joined us late, we're in the book of John with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands on the web at highlands.us. There will be a special event at Church of the Highlands this Saturday, and I want to share a few details with you. You can find out more on the website. There's an outreach ministry called Wall Builders, which is committed to presenting America's forgotten history and heroes with an emphasis on our religious and moral heritage. If you'd like to be a part of this event, go to the website and register for attendance. The address again is highlands.us. That's Saturday morning, November 20th, starting at 8 a.m. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll wrap up the week once again in the book of John and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.